This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Russ. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, we have a guest on the phone all the way from Switzerland, Andrea D'Amelio. I hope I said that right. Thank you for being with us. Thank you guys for having me. It's such a great pleasure to be with you guys today. And um, yeah, you said it actually perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, Andrea is uh, known for seeing God move uh, in churches, in, in, in places of business, on the streets. It's just wonderful testimony of how God can use us anywhere for his glory, healing, signs, wonders, miracles, and we need more of that. And uh, that's why Andrea is here uh, talking with us. Now, Andrea, uh, your, your backstory uh, was a little rough. Tell me, tell me about uh, you growing up. Yeah, so um, I actually need to start with, with my mom in order to, you know, have my story displayed a little bit better. When my mom was 18 years old, she had a so-called near-death experience and due to having a very bad disease that the doctors did not discover. So she went into the hospital, right into the emergency room, and trying to treat her, they lost my mom. And um, she keeps saying it was for about six up to eight minutes where she was clinically dead. And in that near-death experience, she actually you know, would experience and encounter the things that many others have, have seen as well. So she, she was in that tunnel, and everything was dark in there, but at the very end, she saw a light. And her, her goal was just to be as close as possible to this light, and in that encounter, she was moving um, towards that light. And right before she was, before that light, she tried to get in there, but then a voice came out of the light that said, you don't have access to um, to this place here. And that's when the doctors were able to bring her back to life again. And she woke up in the hospital and she was actually even mad towards the doctors because she was so safe and felt such an amazing peace um, while seeing this light. And that's where, where the journey started for my mom and um, looking after spiritual things. No one ever told her about Jesus Christ or our heavenly father that we have. And so she went into the wrong direction, looking um, for this light in occultismus or New Age, and, you know, just a lot of witchcraft stuff was involved. And then three years later, I was born when she was just 21 years old. And obviously, she being, in, having been involved in crazy things like that wasn't really healthy for me. There was also some, you know, drugs that started to enter in into the life of my mom or even my, my dad's life. And they had a lot of fights with each other, arguments. My dad threatened to kill me on several occasions. So they also ended up going through a divorce. And I grew up with a single mom having been involved with really bad spiritual things. But again, you know, her heart was actually still... Um, at the right place, still looking for this light that could, you know, potentially save her life or just reveal um, to her what would come after this life. So she was hungry for spiritual things, but was looking at the wrong places. And I grew up in that environment, having a single mom who was still struggling with drugs, doing weird stuff. And I believe that these were the main reasons that my eyes and ears were opened up to see the spiritual spiritual world. I was hearing things audibly, constantly speaking to me. I also saw a lot of demonic figures going around in my room, and I was just honestly scared. I mean, I couldn't sleep anymore unless I had my light on, and I would wake up during the night, just scream, scream because of having nightmares, and my mom would even be so scared that she didn't come over to the room to see what was going on. So she was next to my room, just and scared as well. So these were some of the things that happened back then, yeah. 
So at that time, the the things that were going on, it was more of an evil presence uh, than than good. Yeah. So in, at the very beginning, it was mainly evil things that were occurring to me. And, you know, my mom also used to work throughout the night so she could be taking care of me during the day. And I remember getting phone calls at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., having like monster voices threatening me to come to kill me or things moving around and paintings that would fall down and just a lot of really weird stuff. But when I was about eight years old, I, I actually started to think, hey, Andrea, if you keep seeing all these bad things and hear, hear them as well, there must be good as well. And I think that released something into my life where I also started to experience the other part of it. There were supernatural things going on in my room and I suddenly had an overwhelming peace or I had an audible voice calling my name. And this may have happened maybe um, two up to three times a year where a voice would come and just very kindly and say, Andrea, and there was a short break and then short time later again, Andrea, and then a third time the voice would call my name, Andrea. And I remember when it happened the first time I was, I was outside playing just by myself and I heard this voice call my name. And I even thought that's my mom calling me to get home, even though I knew I was way too far away for my mom to scream that loud. But I still went home and asked her if she just called me to get home. And she, she looked at me really confused. Obviously, she knew that I was experiencing a lot of spiritual things, and it, of course, wasn't my mom. So I had this voice come to me on a regular basis when I was way younger, and that voice obviously gave me a lot of peace and confidence that there is someone over me all or, or around me just taking care of me as well. Yeah. So what happened at age 11? At age 11, I was um, passionate about soccer, so I joined the soccer team here in our region. And my my best friend, actually, um, from the soccer team, he was a, he was a Christian. And as we, we, we got along really well with each other, and he would tell me about Jesus, about God. And for me, um, it was always obvious that there is a God, that there is supernatural things going on. But I just never really had a name that I was able to put on it. So when when we would have games, my mom would come and watch, and his mom would come and watch the games as well. So they started to get each other, and they started to get to know each other better and better. And then they became just good friends of ours. They lived right to the and village next to us. So we went to visit their home on a regular basis. And yeah, there was a day where they just asked me and my mom if we, you know, want to make the decision to follow the Lord and and give our lives to this wonderful Jesus. And for both both of us, it was an obvious decision where we said, yeah, we absolutely want to try that. And my mom was at a point anyway where she didn't have anything to lose because her life was just so chaotic. So we both gave our lives to the Lord. And I just saw how, how the life of my mom was transformed by, by a simple prayer. And it was so impacting for me as a young man to see how, how this God, who is in heaven, you know, just intervened her life in such power, but in a loving way that she is absolutely changed to this very day. And I'm 28 years old. So that happened about 17 years ago. Wow. And I can feel that uh, even as you're talking about it, that that encounter uh, that you've you and your mom had is so real still. And but then at 17 years old, uh, you say that you were baptized in love and the spirit. What happened? Yeah. So the thing is, when when we both became Christians, my life, my mom's life was turned around 180 degrees. And then she was so much on fire that she went to every conference, every seminar, and I always had to go with her. So I kind of started to get afraid of this Christianity event thing because I just wanted to be out and play with my friends. So I kind of told God many times, hey, Lord, I know you're real. I know you exist. There's no question about that. I would still have um, vision, dreams, and all these things, but I just didn't, wasn't on fire for God. So my mom, she would take me to these places sometimes, and then would be a lot of, you know, strange prophetic people for me at that point, finding me somehow, somehow prophesying over me that I would 
One day travel the world, preach the gospel, be on the streets, see healing, move in prophetic stuff. And me being a teenage boy, I wasn't interested in doing that at all. So I kind of started to build a wall around my heart towards God and as well telling him, God, I would, I will never do these things. I would never travel for you. I never want to be on the street telling others about you. That's just strange and embarrassing. So I had a list about things I never wanted to do for the Lord. Um, and I was able to put the list together since I was receiving these um, words from these men of God that my mom was taking me to. And when I was 17 years old, I was playing a sport that's called floorball. It's the second most played sport in Switzerland after soccer. And my dream was always to become a professional player. And I was actually on the way to become one. So we had a, a world champion tournament here in Switzerland for for people who were under 19. And I had the privilege of playing for the national team there. And I knew that my favorite club in Switzerland, it's one of the best in the world as well, were sending scouts in order to observe me. And I knew that if I would do a good job at that tournament, that chances are really high that they would ask me to join that team. So what happened three days before the World Cup would start in Switzerland, I totally broke my ankle and my ligaments, they were torn apart as well. And my life was just broken. I, I went home that day, I was 17 years old. And having had that dream to become a professional, to join that team, I just saw it being shattered right in front of me. So I, I just told the Lord, hey, my life is a mess. I, I don't know what to do anymore. And that was also the first time when I opened up my heart completely to the Lord. Also, telling him how much it hurt me not having had a biological father in my life. And this thing came in, this love came in and just just overwhelmed me. It was, it was so powerful. And all the walls I was building up for all these years up to 17 were being broken down in one second. And I was just on my floor weeping for, I mean, even now I, I need to try not to weep. I'm sorry. But I was on the floor just weeping like a baby for hours. And before that, I wasn't able to, to weep for, for a very, very long time. So it was just this kind love of the Holy, Holy Spirit that entered my room and completely changed me. And I was a new man after that, absolutely. Mm. And, and it so changed you that you started, uh, you know, becoming so passionate for the Lord. You wanted to do something for God and... And you were actually on your way to um, to Italy for vacation, but the Lord was like, no, nope, nope. I want you to go to Germany on a mission trip. What happened? Yeah, exactly. So a couple of months later, we already planned our vacation in order to go to Italy um, with some Christian friends. But then after that encounter I had, I felt the Lord telling me that I was supposed to, to go to Germany. And I had no idea what this would mean, so I wrote it down in a journal. And then a couple of days later, on the next Sunday, when I went to church, our pastor was announcing a mission trip to Berlin, Germany. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's where I'm supposed to go. So um, having seen the dates, I was like, oh my goodness, and there's going to be trouble coming, because it was during the exact same dates where um, our vacation were supposed to be taking place. So I had to tell my Christian friends, you know, about what happened to me, and the Lord was calling me to go to Berlin instead of um, to go to Italy. So they were, you know, kind of mad at me, which was fine. But for some reason, they also decided to join me on this mission trip as well. And that's really where, where um, another breakthrough came into my life while being in Berlin. Okay, so when you were in Berlin, uh, what what began to happen with you? You started being taught some principles about praying for people on the streets, and walk us through that. Yes. So um, that was my first mission trip. I had no idea what to expect. I, I may have thought that we are going out to give out some leaflets, maybe tell others about Jesus. But once we got there, it was so powerful. I mean, they were telling us that we can go out and heal the sick, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is really exciting. And praying for people in order to see them healed has not been a part of my life up to that point. But moving in the prophetic was always has always been a part. So that was something new. I was so excited about it. They were sharing, you know, some some keys, some very simple principles, how the 
five-step model of John Wimber would work. And I just told, told myself, hey, it, it really sounds that easy. Then I really want to go out and do it. So after a couple of sessions, they released us to go out and pray for people. And um, <laughs> I heard about the skate park that was really close to the building we were meeting at. So I went to that skate park, and it was actually um, pretty filled with some youth people. So I was kind of staring around, and I saw this girl from far away who had a brace around her arm. Approaching her, and in order to ask her what happened, she said it, it hurt so much. She broke, she broke her wrist, and then the doctor said it might take even a couple months, the worst case, because it was really, really damaged. So I just told her, you know, that I'm a Christian. I believe that God will still do miracles today. And it was funny because a friend of hers was standing next right to her, just listening to me with his eyes wide open, thinking, who are you? So, but for some reason, she was like, yeah, I think I want to test it out. You can, you can, you can pray for me. And her friend started to scream around, saying to everyone in the skate park, hey, guys. You need to come and watch this. This man claims to that God would still do miracles today, and he's about to pray for Tamara, which was her name. So that was the point where I really started to get nervous. I mean, I've never prayed for anyone for healing, and I've never prayed for anyone on the streets, and I already had an audience all around me of non-Christians. So I just prayed a very simple prayer. It was taking authority over the bone, commanding the bones to grow together. I released healing, the kingdom of God. And while I was praying, she already started to say, oh, oh my good God, I, I feel tingling. I feel warmth. There's something going on in my wrist. So when I finished the prayer, maybe after 30 seconds, I, I asked her, do you feel any pain now? So as she tried to move um, her wrist within the brace, she was like, no, there's no pain at all. Then she even took off her brace, moving around her wrist perfectly, and she was freaking out. Everyone around us was as surprised as I was at <laughs> that point. And it, it was just, you know, a wonderful miracle. And um, a friend of mine on the mission trip saw her again about two days later in Berlin, you know, still not wearing the brace because God did a wonderful miracle that time. So that was my first healing, and I will never forget it. And you believe this is where the Lord kick-started your healing ministry? That's really where, where, where everything started for me, to intentionally go out and pray for people. But what happened then, um, I think it was the last day, it might have been the second last evening on that mission trip. A leader took the microphone and he said to every one of us, guys, I'm, I'm so proud what, what you guys have done here in Berlin. God was using you in incredible ways. And we did see many, many more healings. But then this man, his name was Roger, he said, if you are willing to do the same thing back in your home city, then I want you to stand up so we can bless your journey doing that. And, and Ryan, you need, you need to understand, I was, I was sitting there. I have a pretty good imagination. So I was imagining myself doing this in my home city, seeing all my non-Christian friends walk by laughing at me, making fun of me. And I just told myself, Andrea, you cannot do this in your home city. You're safe here in Berlin because no one knows you. But doing that back in Bern, that's, no, that's just not the case. That's not <laughs> what happened. So I was literally the only person in that room who was not standing up. Because I knew if I would stand up, I would be lying to myself, to everyone in the room, and most importantly, to God. So I kept, I kept being on the chair and I started to weep because I felt so ashamed. I was so ashamed of myself not being able to do this. So I kept sitting on the chair. And it was absolutely a terrible experience. But it, I think that's the part that actually led to a huge breakthrough because I was being able to be vulnerable to, the God, to God. And he was actually breaking my inner man, my spirit or whatsoever in order to take out the things that weren't supposed to be in there in order to put in the things that are supposed to be in there. So it really came down to this divine brokenness in Berlin that I experienced where the Lord was making this beautiful exchange. It was really powerful. And then after all that began to happen, your, your life was so radically changed, and you produced a documentary called Christ in You, and, and you did an exclusive brand-new three-CD set for us. Tell us about this documentary. What is it going to do for the people that watch it? Yeah, so 
And the thing is, when I went back to Bern after Berlin, I started to pray for people on the street almost anywhere, anytime. It was wonderful. But then after a couple of months, I, I discovered that somehow fear started to come into my life, which I didn't have before. And it was actually very valuable for me to experience two different sides of doing street evangelism, having had, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, not having any fear in order to go out and approach people. But after a couple of months, I started to get embarrassed again, you know, to approach strangers and all that. And, and then I also started to travel the world because I would get invitations in order, you know, to empower them in, in street evangelism, prophetic and healing stuff. And I, I, and I kept encountering this fear, and I actually saw that many people all around the world are struggling with the same fear. So, but again, I was able to, you know, find ways in my own life that helped me overcome that fear. And I just told myself, hey, if I can do this, because I'm, in my nature, I'm a pretty introverted person, so I didn't want this to be an excuse any longer for me not to go out. And I just tried to find the best ways possible in order to equip others to overcome their fear as well. And I went to the Philippines with, with my best friend at that time. And we were being invited to, to share in a high criminal prison somewhere on a hill in the Philippines. So they had the inmates come into that room and we just had a Holy Spirit blast. I mean, we had the, the high criminal prisoners praying for each other. And we had um, a, a man who was blind 50% on one eye, got healed. And then he prayed for another man who was born deaf on, deaf on one ear, and he got healed. And they were hugging each other, weeping. And in all over the room, we had amazing signs and wonders, miracles happening. And after that encounter, my friend told me, and he said, Hey, Andrea, we, we need to make a movie in order to show the world how God can use regular people. I mean, these inmates in that prison, they were obviously people who had done something wrong in their past, but, but still God used them in a powerful way. When he, when he told me about, you know, making a movie, I honestly thought there's no way we're going to make a movie. We, we, we don't have any experiences. We don't have time, the money or resources or whatsoever. And I just thought, I don't think that's going to happen. But for some reason, my friend, he, you know, he kept telling me about the movie, how it could change nations, a generation. And I'm the kind of person that once an idea enters my head, it's really going to be hard to get it out again. So I think after a couple hours, you know, talking about, about that, I started to catch this vision as well. And I was like, okay, if we are going to do this, it has to be professional. It has to be done with a lot of excellence and so on. And and my friend actually went home back to Switzerland a week earlier than I did. And it was a Thursday night that he was on his way to the airport. And I was leading another meeting during that same time. And before the meeting started, and we didn't tell anyone about our idea of making a film, but before the meeting started, I was supposed to lead. A woman approached me. I had never seen her in my life. And she told me that she was praying for me and the Lord spoke to her very clearly, and she said, she told me straight into the face, you need to make this documentary. And I was shocked, right? And I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, what a crazy confirmation. <laughs> so I, I, I told Jonas, my friend, and we were also um, living together in the same apartment during that time. And so when I went home, we, you know, we, we started to, to write a concept, you know, to talk about how a movie could look like. And I told him that according to my experience, having traveled the world, there are two main reasons people aren't going out more often. It's the fear of man or the fear of failure. And the third reason would be that they aren't aware of it on a regular basis while being out, you know, to pray for people, give them a word or pray for healing. So having said that, we still decided to, to do a survey. So we had, um, I think, up to 250 charismatic Christians who were taking part of that survey in order to ask them, what are the main hindrances for you not to do this stuff more in your everyday life? And the first reason was fear of man. The second reason was fear of failure. So that was the jackpot. And our, our goal with, with the movie was to create a film that would inspire Christians to overcome these and even more hindrances. So 
And I think um, the movie came out great. We've heard many, many stories from all over the world where people actually started to do these things just because they saw the film. This this documentary is so impactful. When you watch it, you feel you're moved when you watch it. And I know Sid wants to get this documentary and this three CD set into your hands so you can do the works of Jesus. And Andrea believes that if he can do it, you can do it. And when we come back, in fact, we're going to hear testimonies of what God has done through Andrea and how you can do the same. We'll be right back. Call now to get Andrea D'Amelio's powerful DVD movie, Christ in You, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, fueling the fire of a supernatural lifestyle. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9578. Andrea D'Amelio's supernatural DVD movie, Christ in You, is a must-see movie for every believer. Many people who watch this movie have received their healing. Then they began to pray for others and watched miracles take place before their eyes. This movie is so powerful that while watching the film, many people have experienced dramatic physical healings. Through this anointed movie, everyday believers who never prayed for anyone before began following the easy to understand steps contained in the movie and began praying for others. They were amazed as they watched warts disappearing, serious chronic neck pain healed, and a wheelchair-bound man raise up and began to walk. Through Andrea D'Amelio's three-part audio CD teaching set, you will learn how to partner with God and began to be used to heal the sick, prophesy, and witness miracles. Understand the authority you have been given through Jesus and learn how to declare and decree the supernatural for your own life and for others you pray for. Andrea includes prayers for you to have words of knowledge, God to pour out the spirit of revelation and wisdom, an impartation of understanding, fresh passion, and the fire of the Holy Spirit upon Upon you, begin to obtain blessings and favor from God for all your endeavors. I don't know of a better teaching or presentation to just catapult you into being normal. Don't miss out on getting Andrea D'Amelio's powerful DVD movie, Christ in You, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, fueling the fire of a supernatural lifestyle. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9578. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9578 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're back with Andrea, and it's wonderful to hear how God is using this man to teach people how to bring the kingdom everywhere we go. And, and Andrea, you had a situation in Brazil where you saw an incurable nerve disease healed. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that was actually quite a journey. It was actually really, really funny because my, my friend from Brazil, he told me, Oh man, and you you are you, you got invited to this church, you know, to preach there. These guys are so hungry for the supernatural, for healing signs and wonders. And I thought, okay, that's gonna be a good place in order to go to. So, um and then we we went there and already during uh, during the preach I was giving them I, I felt okay, they aren't that happy the way I was expecting them to be. And then we had a, an amazing prayer session, healing signs and wonders started to happen. And then as people came forward to confess their healings, then he started to say, I didn't believe in healing before Andrea came. Now having heard this message and seeing him pray for people or how we prayed for each other, I have to believe and I got healed myself. So my friend actually set me up. He brought me to a church who didn't believe in healing at all. They were even skeptical towards that. But it was really um, a powerful, powerful evening. And there was a mom who came with her, her just a beautiful um, girl, I think she was, she was about 10 years old or something like that. And she wasn't able to stand on her feet longer than three, three four minutes, I believe. And due to a, a really complicated nerve disease she had, and the doctor said it's going to be incurable, it will never get better in her life. So she had to use a wheelchair many times or just the help of her mom all the time. And 
we when we prayed her legs they start, started to shake and her mom started to weep and she herself even started to weep um, as well and while we were done praying she started to walk around started to walk around for four minutes five minutes and she was able to stand and i think it was longer than than 20 minutes it was really incredible and her mom obviously was really really touched so I, of course, I, I like to go back to the places I have been before, and I went back to Brazil about um, one and a half years later or something like that, and I ended up going to the same church, just um, figuring out that the whole church has changed the way they pray. You know, they start to pray in authority instead of pleading a God that they think is, you know, far away to come and do something. So their whole perspective about supernatural really has changed just from one evening. And while I was, again, preaching there after the sermon, a lady came up to me, and I knew it was her, and, and she just said, this over there, that's my little girl. Do you see how she's walking around? And she said that the Lord completely healed her, you know, the day, and after the days um, I left the year before. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I cannot imagine how much um, this lady was changed, you know, just seeing the mother's heart and she caring so much about her daughter and then see how God would change her life completely through a simple prayer Prayer was really remarkable. Wow. Okay, let, let's break this down a little bit. Now, you teach that we need to receive a revelation of the authority that we already have. Talk about that. When I was younger, I started to read the Bible, and I would hear sermons how the authority God gave us is somehow connected to the healing ministry. And I just went crazy praying for hours, hours, like, Lord, give me more authority. I need to have more authority in order to see the sick healed. I was praying, I was fasting, I even bought anointing oil in order to anoint myself, declaring over me, Andrea, I anoint you to have more authority to see the sick healed. So I was doing so many things in order to get God to give me more authority. But then reading the Bible, I actually came to the conclusion that it's not about getting more authority, but about getting a revelation about the authority we already have. Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28 that all authority has been given to him on earth and in heaven. So it's something Jesus received as an inheritance. And now we are being born into the family of God as co-heirs, which means we have access to the same authority that Jesus had as well. And I mean, what more authority can we have than having Christ in us, right? So I start to realize, oh my gosh, I don't think there is a way to get more authority, but I need to have an understanding of what it means to walk in that authority. And being in that state of being a child of, the, of, of, of God doesn't mean that you have to feel spiritual in order to walk in that authority. I don't believe there is something you can do to switch it off or to turn it on. It's a state of being. You cannot have less of it or have more of it. And as the Lord was teaching me these things about a kingdom authority, or many of the things I also learned from my spiritual father, Mark Marx, who, who would teach on similar things, but when, I, when the Lord was t um, taking me through scriptures about that, even on the street, praying for someone with a friend who, who had um, really bad knee problems, and while we were through praying for that person, a lady was standing right behind me, telling me that she was watching us laying hands on this person in order to do whatever. She didn't know what we were doing, but she said while she was watching us, there came something over her that was really, really peaceful, and she started to cry. And with tears in her eyes, she asked me, is this God? So during that time on the streets, we would have it regularly where we would just touch people. They would get healed. And it was just so such an amazing journey how the Lord was teaching me about that authority. And it's something every believer walks in. You have access to the same authority Jesus has. And on that note, I love what you say, Andrea. You said... Jesus, after being raised, this is in your CD set, Jesus, after being raised from the dead, received the unlimited upgrade of having all authority in heaven and earth. So this means that Jesus, uh, because of Jesus, now we have unlimited, uh, this unlimited upgrade. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, you know, when you think about it, Jesus, after being resurrected from the dead, makes the statement that this unlimited or upgraded authority has been given to him. 
And this will tell me that during the time Jesus walked on earth, he wasn't moving in this measure of, of authority. So when Jesus claims to have this upgraded, unlimited authority after he was resurrected, and now having us being born into the family of God in order to have access to that same authority, this even tells me that in this very moment, we have more authority now on earth while Jesus had doing miracles on earth, which is absolutely a ridiculous thought until you read John chapter 14, verse 12, where it says, we will do the same works as Jesus did, or even greater works will be done through us. So, yeah, I think there truly is an aspect for us to realize that the authority Jesus is sharing with us now is a bigger measure than he had himself while doing miracles on earth. Yeah, and I and I really like that because of uh, in the past of flying a lot, you know, you get these upgrades and to to have a kind of lifestyle where you're unlimited, you have unlimited upgrades on the airplane would really change your life and and just that's in the natural and the spirit to understand that everywhere you go, you have unlimited upgrade in God. I mean, there's nothing. It's no wonder we can do the greater works. Yeah, and I think it's it's also healthy, you know, to realize that. Everything is somehow already available. And this really helped me as well not to live out of lack because I, I do see quite a lot of Christians getting frustrated because they keep thinking about receiving new things. And even there, I try to change the perspective that it's not about receiving new things, but about growing into the things you already have, about mm. discovering, you know, the authority God has already given you. And I think, you know, living in that tension has been more healthier for me knowing I already have everything somehow, but now it's a process to discover it instead of thinking, I need more because I don't have anything. So I don't believe it's healthy to live out of lack, but if you ask God for the more out of the fullness you already have, which is Jesus inside of you, I think that's just a way healthier place to be in. Yeah, so that helped me, and I believe it will help many others as well. Now, you said something uh, that I've never heard before. You, you say that the supernatural is not something that you get to choose, but what has chosen you. <laughs> Can you talk about that? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, when, when Jesus goes to his disciples in Matthew chapter um, 28, he tells them, go into the world and command the nations to observe all the things I have commanded you. And this tells me that Jesus wants to make sure at that point that every command Jesus gave to the disciples should be passed on from generation to generation, which, which tells me that everything Jesus commanded the disciples to do, we are supposed to do as well. So obviously there are many things Jesus told them to do. But in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, Jesus tells them, go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, dead cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give it away. So the supernatural for the disciples, it was, a, it was not an opportunity or a choice, but an obligation. They had to do it. And if Jesus commanded this to his disciples, then we are commanded to do the same thing as well. That's why I say you don't, you don't get to choose to move in the supernatural because the supernatural has already chosen you. Okay, when we come back, uh, we're going to have Andrea not only pray for you, but I'm, I'm going to have him talk to you about how you can learn to sustain the fire of God in your life. We'll be right back. If you don't have a gift of healing, that's totally okay because the Messiah in you surely has it. So I totally believe 100% that everyone is called to do the supernatural. Jesus commanded his disciples to go out to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Andrea D'Amelio wants to mentor you to operate in the full authority Jesus has given you to receive your miracle, your healing, and your breakthrough, and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit to heal others. Call now to get Andrea D'Amelio's powerful DVD movie, Christ in You, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, Fueling the Fire of a Supernatural Lifestyle. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9578. Andrea D'Amelio's Supernatural DVD movie, Christ in You, is a must-see movie for every believer.
many people who watched this movie have received their healing. Then they began to pray for others and watch miracles take place before their eyes. This movie is so powerful that while watching the film, many people have experienced dramatic physical healings. Through this anointed movie, everyday believers who never prayed for anyone before began following the easy to understand steps contained in the movie and began praying for others. They were amazed as they watched warts disappearing, serious chronic neck pain healed, and a wheelchair bound man raise up and began to walk. Through Andrea D'Amelio's three-part audio CD teaching set, you will learn how to partner with God and began to be used to heal the sick, prophesy, and witness miracles. Understand the authority you have been given through Jesus and learn how to declare and decree the supernatural for your own life and for others you pray for. Andrea includes prayers for you to have words of knowledge, God to pour out the spirit of revelation and wisdom, an impartation of understanding, fresh passion, and the fire of the Holy Spirit upon you. God is so much interested in us living a lifestyle where we are depending on Him. So in the teaching, your mindset about how the supernatural works is going to be completely transformed. So you will see signs and wonders on a daily basis. Begin to obtain blessings and favor from God for all your endeavors. If you don't operate in signs and wonders, I'm telling you, you're not normal because our Messiah said, you, that's you, will do the same things I have done and even greater. I don't know of a better teaching or presentation to just catapult you into being normal. Don't miss out on getting Andrea D'Amelio's powerful DVD movie, Christ in You, and his anointed three-part audio CD teaching set, fueling the fire of a supernatural lifestyle. This is an exclusive offer for our It's Supernatural audience, yours. For a donation of $40, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9578. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9578 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're here with Andrea, and I know Sid is excited about this program because it's all about taking the supernatural, making it accessible, and, and giving you the ability to walk in that kingdom culture, that supernatural walk with God, to see Him move everywhere you go, your business, your family, the streets, so on and so forth. And, and Andrea, a big part of that is that we have to learn how to sustain the fire in our lives. What do you teach about that? You know, I think um, the most important thing in order to have the fire sustained really is to spend time with the burning one. And I know many, many, you know, people talk about that, but we, we don't understand the value of being in that wonderful presence of God. Even if I look at the life of Jesus himself, he was demonstrating something, a model that we, should, that we are supposed to, to model as well and to follow as well. And Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, who came from heaven, from a place of perfection, love, and beauty, left everything in order to be here with us, to be in the likeness of man. But it seems to me that he, you know, he kept getting homesick. And that's why we see in the Bible that he kept going away from the crowd in order to search the heart of the Father, because he just so wanted to be with the Lord. And I believe that's where the place, that's the place where the fire for the supernatural is being sustained. The voice of God, I believe, is the fuel for the supernatural lifestyle. And Jesus was demonstrating that. You know, the earth, it's filled with, with pollution. You know, there's depression, there's sickness, there's poverty. There are many things going on that Jesus wasn't used to before he came to earth. So Jesus, you know, he, he had to go to a place. He had to go above the pollution line in order to breathe in this wonderful presence of God again. And I think we, we need to do this as well, to constantly look for the place where we can just breathe in the pure oxygen of heaven, the pure presence of God, because that's going to be the healthiest place for you to sustain the life for the supernatural lifestyle. And there is a, a story in Luke chapter 24 where two disciples of Jesus, they were walking on a road, and then Jesus himself he shows up, not telling them it was him, and the disciples did not recognize him as being Jesus. So the disciples, they even invited him for food. And 
as they were breaking the bread, Jesus vanishes away from their sight. And then they realize, oh my goodness, it was Jesus. But then an important question is being asked. One of them says, did not our heart burn, yes. burn within us when he was talking to us? And when I read that, I knew that's the secret for the fire. The fire is always in his voice. And Jesus was demonstrating that even when he was being tempted by the devil in the desert, you know, he said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this revelation that you, that you can get from God is so important, and we need to get it on a daily basis. I believe the voice of the Lord is really is one of the most important things. So I like to say a revelation a day keeps the devil away, because the devil, he would come and tempt you in order to take that fire away. He is scared of you being on fire for the Lord. Boy, I like that. The enemy is scared that we get on fire. I really like that. So that that just makes me want to be as on fire as I possibly can with with the Lord. Now, now, Andrea, you you had a heavenly encounter uh, one time that after the encounter, everybody you prayed for was immediately healed. What happened? Yeah, it was you know a regular outreach that I was supposed to lead um, in our church in our city, and I just um, like to soak before going out to the streets in order to become aware. You know, I'm a beloved son. I'm a child of God. I'm not an orphan. So I was just laying on the floor listening to soaking music. And suddenly there was like a pull in my heart. And I saw myself laying on this um, on this sea of glass. It was really strange. And the environment, everything around me was white. And then I, I heard something coming. It was like a heavenly noise. And I saw this dove flying over me. It was absolutely beautiful dove in silver and gold. And then suddenly the dove released um, a dust in various colors over me. And when the, when the dust was hitting me, I came back from that encounter and I was like, oh my goodness, what, was I dreaming or what was going on? And I was excited to go, you know, on the streets on that particular day. And it, it was, it was, I mean, everyone literally we prayed for was healed. I think it was up to 15 people. It was absolutely amazing. It was really amazing in a woman who was um, deaf in one year got healed and many back issues, knee problems, and we just had an absolute amazing time on that particular day. But, um, you know, again, that was definitely an exception. Most of the time we don't see everyone get healed, which is okay as well. Okay, so Andrea, you talk about how we need to learn to love the unlovable. Talk to us about that. Oh, that's a wonderful process. You know, I'm, I am still in. And, um, you know, the thing is, one, one other thing I learned is that the power of God mostly is found in love. And even at the beginning, I started to pray a lot, Lord, give me more power, give me more faith in order to see the sick healed. But now I'm actually on the point to pray, Lord, give me, give me more love. So Jesus many times in the Bible connected faith and power together. And he said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can tell to this mountain to be moved and it can be cast into the sea. Or he even said that for those who believe, nothing will be impossible. So faith and power somehow is connected. But when I read the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, now abides, now abides hope, love, and faith. But the greatest of these is love. So I came to the conclusion, okay, if, if faith in the size of a mustard seed can move mountains, then what kind of power dwells in love? And I believe that having faith like a mustard seed can move mountains, but having love can change nations. So I started to pray for God to give me more love. And during a time, I was spending time with the Lord again, and I had just an absolute ridiculous encounter. I, I opened up my eyes, and I saw myself sitting on a chair in a very old building that was built out of wood. And in front of me, there was a, a big stage, but no one was in that room except for me. That's what I thought. It was so empty. And I was standing up, but the room, it was filled with the presence of God. It was so filled with his power and love. And as I was standing up, I felt a hand touch me on my left shoulder. And I was actually really scared of turning around because I didn't know what I would encounter. So when I, 
when I turned around, I saw this creature standing in, in front of me and power was coming out of his arm. And the person that was standing in front of me had really white, white skin and white hair, but really beautiful, shiny blue eyes. And then that person turned around and walked away. And I somehow knew that I was supposed to follow that person, even though the person didn't say a word. And the person um, took me into a very small room. And in that room, there were seven or eight um, people in front of us. And they, you could just see the diseases on them. I mean, they were crippled. These were lepers. And me being there, I had such a hard time staring at them. I would, to be very vulnerable, I was just disgusted by, by seeing that. So I, I, I turned to the side and I saw this beautiful creature who touched me before, just looking at them with eyes filled of compassion and love. And when I looked at, at him, I somehow somehow came back from that encounter and I, or even in the encounter, I, I heard this voice that said, if you love the unlovable, that's where you are going to see the power. So that obviously had um, really had a big impact on my life. I, I keep thinking about that many, many times, even though it's been a couple of years ago. But I feel like that the Lord has put something in my heart back then, and I'm still trying to figure out how it can be released on a, on a more regular basis. Okay, now you, you have this great revelation. I, I love this. I've never heard this before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hijack it and steal it from my own life. You, you used to uh, say that, or used to think that you had to take Jesus out on the street so that he could work among the people that are out there. And, you know, there's, a, of course, a portion of truth to that statement. But, but you actually ended up carrying a responsibility that you didn't need to carry. What did the Lord show you instead? Yeah, no, you're right. You know, when I was when I was younger, and I also heard many times in the church, you need to go out in order to have Jesus out there. If you don't go out, how can the Lord work over there? And, you know, and as you said, there is a portion of truth into that. But still, I started to have a wrong responsibility in my own life, having had so much pressure to go out there and make God work. So by, by reading the Bible, I I just started to realize, no, it's it's not me going out there in order to make God work. Because God has always been at work out there, and I, as a son of God, have the privilege of partnering with what he is already doing. So even when I pray for a stranger on the street, I don't, I don't ask the Lord, what is it you want to do to them? But I would ask, Lord, what is it you have already been doing in their lives, and where, and how can I partner with that? And I believe that in my own life, there has been an increase of signs and wonders and miracles, because we... We aren't really that powerful in order to bring God out for him to work over there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I just started, you know, to become aware of his presence, being out there, knowing that he is already at work. And I can just discover my papa and whatever he, it is that he's already doing. And I remember um, there was, it was actually a quite powerful encounter. I had a word of knowledge for, for a younger man, and he was there with his friend. One friend was a boy and another friend was a girl. And I asked him if his right ankle hurts. And he said, yeah, I really do have a problem in my right ankle. So he asked me, how do you know? And I, I would tell him, you know, I believe that God talks to me sometimes. And then the girl over there, she was screaming at me, shouting, and she said, go away with your God. I'm an atheist. And I don't believe in God at all. And he doesn't either. So she, when I heard that, I just asked the Lord in my heart, Lord, what have you been doing in her life? How can I partner with you now in order to encourage her as well? Then I, I saw a picture of her being a little girl praying for her mom because she was sick. So I told her, you are only mad at God because you were called to be an intercessor. And I saw how you have prayed for your mom not to die, but because of cancer. She died and the devil came into your life and actually destroyed your calling you had for God. You are called to encourage other people and to pray for them. And Ryan, she, she, she broke together. She started to, to, to weep, 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 because everything was true. And she repented right on the spot. Wow. But, you know, I, I could have gotten really, um, really angry with her in the, because of the way she treated me. 
But instead of getting angry or con- confused, I just started to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is it you have been doing in her life already? And how can I partner with that? I think this really brought so much freedom into my life. And that, that gives a whole new perspective on your, you know, how we're supposed to go about this. And, and in fact, uh, Andrea, would you take the next few moments and really uh, express how you believe everybody can do and see uh, what you're doing and what you see? Absolutely. I would love to. You know, um, I just so wish that Christians would stop disqualifying themselves, especially since Jesus qualified us. And you don't, you don't even need a gift of healing. Just use the gift of obedience by doing what Jesus has called you to do. Or, you know, think about this way. If you don't have the gift of healing, that's okay. Christ in you has it. And I believe the combination of Christ and you is a very powerful formula to have an explosion. It's not Christ by himself. It's not you by yourself, surely. But the Bible says Christ in you, that is the hope of glory. So it's this wonderful combination that we need to start to realize that if we show up and do the possible, Christ in you will do the impossible. And I just really want to encourage everyone to take risks, pray for people, give them a word, and see how God is going to use you because it's going to happen. If you make yourself available, the ability of God will always meet you there. And many of the things God has already put inside of you will only flourish if you put yourself into situations when they are needed. And the Lord just really wants to have kids, daughters, sons who are depending on Him. So it's okay, you know, if things sometimes don't go the way they, they should go. And I really want to encourage everyone to believe that Christ in you is more than enough for you to see healing, signs and wonders and miracles. And if you pray, always pray your best prayer. Because a prayer that comes out of your heart will most surely find its way to the heart of God. And just, you know, just do it, have fun, enjoy the presence of the Lord out there. And I believe you will see God do the most incredible things through your own life. Yeah. Which is literally what your whole documentary is about. It's very moving. It's very well done, very moving. And then your CD set, it's exclusive to It's Supernatural, fueling the fire of a supernatural lifestyle. I love that. Uh, Andrea, would you pray for the people that are listening? I would love I would love to pray for them. Father, just thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for, for who you are, Lord. And you see the desire of your children of wanting to go out there to see you move, to see you touch people. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now, Father, just to, to release a revelation about what it is that we already carry, Father, that it's not something we have to work up, but it's something that we can discover that's already out there and we can partner with that. So even now, Lord, I, I pray for, for an impartation of this revelation to be released in everyone's life, Father, that even now people are feeling the draw in their hearts where the fire is being stirred up, Father, to teach us what it means to be a, a child of God and what it means to partner with, with our wonderful daddy. And Jesus, I pray that that the flames in your eyes will become the fire in our heart, Lord, that the same fire released upon the apostles will be released once again over us, Father, that there's going to be an unstoppable army going out to change the world, to change the nations, wherever they are, Lord, that we would, rec- that we would recognize it's not us bringing you into our everyday lives, but it's you waiting there already for us to partner with you, Father. And Lord, thank you so much for the spirit of revelation you are about to release once again over your beautiful church. And we say, yes, Yeshua, we are open to receive whatever it is you have prepared for us. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Andrea D'Amelio. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special offer. Andrea D'Amelio experienced the baptism of love and fire that totally transformed him. In his brand new exclusive three CD set, Fueling the Fire of a Supernatural Lifestyle, he will teach you how to get the fire of God in your life and how you can keep the fire of God continually burning. He will also teach you how to walk in the authority 
which you already carry. In his documentary, Messiah in You, you will learn that anyone can bring the kingdom of God on the streets and see signs, wonders, and miracles. Call now for Andrea's documentary, Messiah in You, and brand new exclusive three CD set, Fueling the Fire of a Supernatural Lifestyle, offer number 9578 for an investment of 35 US dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9578. Once again, that's offer number 9578.